What if Jesus was physically here today? What would be different? How would he respond to the challenges of today? How would he react to social injustice? Would he captivate the attention of the common society? Where would he spend his time? Jesus, the Messiah in today. Thank you for tuning in. Captivate. Blessings, blessings. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. I thank God for your life. This is an amazing moment. We value you. You are important. Uh, today, we got a great man of God, a, a giant killer, uh, a demon slayer, a trailblazer, and a revivalist in the house. Uh, he goes by many different names, but we're going to start with the government one first. <laughs> yeah, man. My name is Alex, uh, Alexander Sanchez in full. Um, I'm a pastor for Unveiled Church, and um, I'm just here to do the work of the Lord, really. Amen. Amen. That's good. Thank you, Pastor, for yeah, taking absolutely. your time. I know it's a sacrifice for you to come out here and link up with us, with link up with us to make this work. But what I like about Pastor Alexander is you don't have to you within if you're if you're around him for about 10 minutes, within 61 seconds, you'll know he loves to network. <laughs> yeah, he loves to network. Within 61 seconds, if you don't catch that, your spirit of discernment is very low. You need to refuel on that. So appreciate you very much. Uh, we have a, uh, a few questions from our audience, high level. Yeah. But I just want to have a conversation with you. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to have a conversation. And you said you're a pastor. Yes. How long have you been pastoring? I've been pastoring now for a couple of years. Why? Ha why? Why? Why pastor? <laughs> I heard past someone told me if you want to make money, don't become a pastor. <laughs> yeah, good question. Why, I, um, why? Why? I was kind of uh, pressed into that by by the Lord. I okay. um, I never had intentions to do this. Uh, never had intentions to um, to to preach. Okay. To pastor anybody. Um, it was kind of more just over time the calling of God on my life. Okay. And uh, and I answered to it. You never had intentions. I mean, you never had, a, when you were younger, you didn't have a burning desire. Like, I want to be a pastor one day. No, when I was younger, I didn't like church, man. I okay. didn't like church people. So now we're going straight into, the, straight into this uh, <laughs> meal right here. So if, if you did not have a burning desire to become a pastor, what did you want to do? What were you doing with your life? I was in the world, man. Oh. I uh, focused on self, doing okay. my own thing. And I used to have a dream back in the day when I was younger. I would either be a basketball player, an NBA player, or even a boxer. Okay. So athletic. Yeah, I was okay. an athlete for a long time. Got it. So tell me your testimony. How I came to the Lord? Yes. So I'll give you the short version because that might go too long. But <laughs> um, uh, long story short, I was, uh, I've been in the streets. For, I was in the streets for a long time um, around the wrong crowd of people. Okay. I didn't have my father in my life. My biological father was not around. So the pain of that. Mm -hmm. is uh is what i believe also pressed me into uh wrong circles wrong crowds um when i turned 19 i uh i smoked something that was laced and it was laced with about four different drugs mm -hmm. and i died for five minutes i had a cardiac arrest oh man um and that cardiac arrest when i had the cardiac arrest i felt my heart stop and then i felt um like i was in a place of silence Mm. And uh, and it was dark, 
And there was a voice that I heard that the minute I heard his voice without going to church, I knew his name. Uh, so um, I heard his voice and he said to me, sit up, my son. And um, the doctor that actually, uh, one of the doctors, because yeah. you know there's a bunch of them in there, one of the doctors actually um, ended up uh, being very inspired by what happened because he said that I was moving without a heartbeat. Wow. And it's because I heard the Lord tell me, sit up. Mm -hmm. So it's like my body responded, responded to the voice mm. and to my maker. And I sat up, and when I sat up about how we're sitting now, mm -hmm. Um, I felt air come back to my, my lungs. Wow. And uh, my heart started to beat again. And that is when my life began to change. So you didn't you didn't have a, a near death experience. You had a death experience. Yeah, I had a whole this is not death near experience. death. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> this is perfect. Uh, yeah. Talk to me about this. You had this whole death experience. Did were you alert? Did you see anything? Did you see Abraham and Eve? Because I need to talk to Eve about her. <laughs> you know what things she did. Yeah, that we need to alert. talk to Eve, man. So tell me about this. Is, was it all pitch dark black? It was. It was. How are you hearing things? Yeah. Is it in the spirit? Just, just give me a little. So, so at the time, I didn't understand it, um, and I don't even try to understand too much of it at the time. But when that happened to me, I was in a dark place. It was just dark. It wasn't. Uh, it was. It almost like a. Almost like a waiting place. Were you alert? There was I was alert, as in I asked him. I remember asking myself, "What, what's happening?" So your soul. You, yeah, wow. I remember asking myself, "What's happening?" And the minute I said that, I didn't ask God, the Lord, for anything. I didn't, you know, pursue any. I didn't. I didn't ask for anything. I just said, "What's going on? What is this?" And all of a sudden, I heard His voice. Um, but I've also, to give you a piece of something from when I was younger, um, I guess sooner or later this will get out, but yeah. um, so I might as well just be honest now. When I was seven, I was, uh, to make a long story short, when I was seven years old, my mother was pregnant mm -hmm. to my stepdad at the time. Okay. And my stepdad at the time, him and I's relationship wasn't great. Okay. I was in my room and I remember being excited at seven years old that my mom was pregnant. I was excited to have a sibling. Um, and one night I was in Patterson, New Jersey. So up north they have the barricades. Okay. Right? So on the windows. Yes, yes. Um, one night I was laying down and I remember I was praying, what I thought was praying at the time. Um, and I just said in Spanish, I said, Lord, I want a little sister. And the Lord appeared to me and showed me his hands. Mm. And I saw the holes in his hands and he came and I couldn't see his face, but he was like a hundred times brighter than these lights. Wow. And it was like, when he showed me his hands, it's like light, a rays of light came out of his hands too. Mm. And I saw the hole and I saw just this part of him. And he said to me, I shall give you what you asked me for. And then it was gone. Wow. And, um, I ran to my mother's room and I told her what happened and my stepdad thought it was just a dream or, but my mom felt in her heart that she had to trust me. So instead of, you know, finding out what the gender is, mm -hmm. I went in the room and I said, I'm telling you, the Lord told me in Spanish is Papa Dios, right? Papa Dios. That he told me that then we're going to have a sister, mm -hmm. right? I wasn't even so moved by what I saw. I was moved that he told me I was going to have a sister <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And, um, and when I went to go tell her that, she um, 
she felt inclined to trust it. She said if he did see something and he, he saw what he saw and he heard what he heard, then he'll be right. Yeah. And so my mom waited the whole pregnancy, didn't check for the gender. Once she gave birth, they said it was a girl. Mm. So I have a little sister to this day. She's 22. Um, and uh, the Lord kind of did that to me at certain times. When I was seven and when I was 19 and another time, a little bit before that cardiac arrest, Yeah, uh, I was in a place I wasn't supposed to be. And I heard I've only and not to be spooky because I don't I don't advocate sure. that yeah. uh, you know we don't always hear his voice audibly. Yeah. That's something that's a once in a lifetime or mm -hmm. twice or something. Uh, I haven't heard it since. Mm -hmm. But um, I uh, I was lay I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be, and I heard the same voice. And I guess that's why I knew the voice when mm -hmm. I was when I had the cardiac arrest mm -hmm. because it sounded the same before as before. Mm -hmm. And um, and I wasn't supposed to be somewhere, and he told me to get out of there. And it's like my body just did what he said, mm -hmm. and I ran out. I was actually at this girl's house. I was about to sleep with her and stuff, mm -hmm. and and I just jetted, and um, and I called my mom, the only person I could trust. Who are you gonna tell that to? Mm -hmm. They're gonna put me on uh, yeah, medication and Baker out, right? <laughs> so I um, so it was about three different times. But that last time when I was 19 is when I was old enough to say, okay, what, what, what's going on now? Mm. And I began to ask God, you know, if you save me, I need to know why. You know why. And um, sooner rather than later, three months later, I was working and kind of at this, uh, my mom's firm and my father-in-law, which is my father in the faith works there. Well, he worked there, he's retired now. And he was one of the bosses downstairs. And on Halloween of 2015, he prophesied to me everything that happened to me. And then he told me, you've been asking God in your room quietly why you survived. And and I'm like sweating underneath the desk because I'm like, that's literally every, how, who are you? Mm. And um, he's been in ministry, I told you, for yeah. over 45 years and um, he's traveled all over the place. And he said, um, I'm just the messenger delivering the message. Mm. And he said, you're a preacher. And of course, at first you, you're like absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I just, over time, and I, and that's why I really believe God has me where He has me in the body, to to uh, to equip the saints on who Jesus really is, mm -hmm. because of the um, the simple fact that um, when I heard that, I first thought. Man, I do a lot of bad stuff, man. How am I going to do this? I ain't a good person. Mm -hmm. You know, I quickly went to my flesh. I yeah. quickly went to observing self. Yeah. And uh, and he gave me the most powerful words I ever heard from anyone. He said, it is by the Lord and it is by the Holy Spirit and the Lord that you will all of a sudden walk in line with that thing. Yes. He said, uh, keep doing what you're doing. He said, the, the average religious person will tell you, yeah, you got to stop everything. He said, keep doing it because you've been doing it and he's been showing up. He said, keep doing it and then you'll get it out your system. A week later, it just dried up. He said, it'll just dry up. He said, he said I'm not going to tell you to go home and try to be perfect. He said, be you. And he said, but I guarantee you it'll dry up by the Spirit of God. Powerful. That's and powerful. all of a sudden, a week later, I was being, my, I have friends from back in the day that make music. Yeah. I didn't like the music. I didn't want to smoke no lost more. Interest. I didn't want to drink no more. And I felt a fire for God that started coming up. 
And um, and that's really how it happened. That's powerful. You said something earlier that I want to zoom into. Uh, it's a bit personal. Yeah. But we're captivate here. We're trying to we we want to experience Jesus in today. And the topic of being raised with a mother and your biological father not being in the picture. Right. Um, can you elaborate um, on this? First is um, just talk to us about is he out of there? Is, is he still alive? Like what's right. this? Or do you know him? Or what's the right. story? And second, how has this impacted you negatively? And how have you been able, if yet, um, been able to take that negative energy and turn it to positive? Because there's a lot of people that want to, they have the desire for God, but there's a there's father hurts or yep. single parents. And yep. maybe one of our viewers, uh, they single parent or maybe a, a child with one parent. And, you know, how how was it at home? I asked you a lot of questions. Right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. first one is, I got you. Okay, thank you. And, and then how was it at home, you know, with just mom? And I heard stepdad, but how would just explain the, yeah. the, the missing father, biological father? So, so being raised without a father, what it did to me was it filled a void in my heart. It, ha it built created. a void and, and created a void in my heart that um, really put me in a place of feeling like I'm missing something. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that happens mother or father yes. missing, um, you know, because sometimes we try to say that missing mom is more important than mm. is worse than missing dad. Um, I really believe that missing any one mom or dad, uh, creates the same pain because there's no, you don't feel complete. You feel like, uh, as a child, I always felt like I was trying to compete mm. for somebody's mm. attention because I didn't have my father's attention. Wow. So I would try to do certain things. I would get in trouble. I've, I realized at a certain point I would get in trouble because it would give me attention. Mm. See, mm. and um, and, and it created it created an, a big issue in my life that um, I put myself in bad circles because because of it. Uh, my stepdad at the time up until it was from four years old to about 13, 14, he was around. Our relationship wasn't great. Um, you know, today is different. You know, God, I, I have forgiven a lot of things, and and we have a great relationship now, and I respect him highly. That's good. Um, but at the time when we were young, I just didn't. It, yeah. It wasn't a connection. I knew he wasn't my dad. Mm. Um, so it it just it didn't fit for me, you know. Yep. And uh, and so managing that was difficult because I was trying to mask a lot of things that I was getting tired of masking. Mm. And, uh, and it led me astray after a while. Um, being raised by my mom, uh, one thing that it taught me, and, and this is going to be, they may not like this, but one thing I noticed that I'm very fortunate that I was raised by my mom and then being able to see the Lord fill that void in my life is that one of the biggest dangers of being raised by one parent is that that parent has the capacity to look at that child Mm -hmm. as theirs to the point where they're the God now. Mm. So elaborate on that. So my when my mom know my mom knew that I didn't have my father. Okay. So there's a certain nurturing that comes with mothering already. But it was it was it was almost double because she knew I was missing that. Mm. So she began to keep me under here so long under, that she yeah. was now being my God for me. Mm. And she was now saying that 
I need to do everything that I can or you won't be anything. Or I need to make sure a lot of burden that I do this because if I don't do this, you won't ever have anything. Mm, and if I don't do this, who's going to do it? Yeah. You know, so you yeah. hear those things, especially living in poverty. If I don't provide for you, who's going to provide for you? Well, the real the reality is that Jesus has been doing it the whole time, whether we notice it or not. Mm. And uh, And that's the biggest thing that I learned is that wrapped up in there and now being over here, I realized that in this place of being a feeling like I'm missing everything and I don't have what I need. Yeah. Now that I'm over here, I realize that it's not about necessarily what you're going through, mm -hmm. but it's about when the scripture says, uh, um, when the scripture talks about wait on the Lord. Those yeah. who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and shall yeah. mount up on wings like eagles. So what yeah. happens is, looking back at my life and where God has taken me, I realize if I can talk to people that have are going through this, is that um, the simple answer, though it's very hard, yeah. is you have to lean on Jesus to the point that you forsake all of your idols. Mm. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. When you're raised by one parent, you idolize the parent because that's all you got. Mm. You don't have both of them. So the last thing you want is to lose the last one you got. Mm. So you idolize that and you begin to mommy, 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 mommy. And the world tells you that you're a mama's boy, but what you're really doing is you're idolizing your parent. Mm. There's some things that I learned along the way that I don't have to call my mom about. I talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Wow. And what happens is, is that when the scripture says heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will never pass away, we realize at this point now that it's Jesus that does it all by yeah. his spirit. And the Holy Spirit is now leading us to a place of all truth that entangles us from the pain. Yes. So, so to answer your question in short, because um, I kind of went long no, there. Okay. But to answer your question in short, the way I got over that was completely realizing that I needed to receive Jesus all in all. Because it didn't. I didn't get over it until 19. Mm. 19 turning 20, when I started to realize this thing was real, he started to deal with that thing from all of this time. Mm. And what, when I was here dealing with it, I had trouble because you fall victim to loving your pain. Mm. You see, so I loved my pain. I loved the avenues that my pain took me to. So then now God is, has taught me that when the Psalms, when he talks about um, mm. uh, forming the, 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 the mold, the mm. clay, that he's forming things in you that you have gone through that though you may not see them come to pass quickly, they're slowly coming to pass. Mm. And um, so any advice for anybody in that space is you really have to trust God beyond where you are. You really gotta trust God. Yeah, that's really the answer. So what can you tell to about someone that has surrendered to Christ, but you know, not having a father figure or mother figure, and um, how would what would you wanna tell someone that they have surrendered, but there's a gap? There's still a, yeah, there's meaning a, there's still a pain. There's there. still a pain there. Or is the does the pain ever leave? The yes. Okay. Yeah. So you asked me a question. You you had asked me uh, where is my father, my yeah. biological father.
my biological father, uh, without names because he's a very dangerous yeah. person. Okay. Attached to a lot of dangerous things. Um, I actually, when I was 22 turning 23, he found me on mm -hmm. Facebook. Found out that he was locked up for years. Found mm -hmm. out that he's been entangled with a lot of stuff. I had got saved six months before that. Mm -hmm. And I got on the phone. And by the Holy Ghost, I forgave him. And I said, I forgive you for everything. You may have not realized what you did, but it's okay because Jesus is the one that ultimately fills the void. And he cried like a baby on the phone. And he said, and I told him that I that I that I got saved, that mm -hmm. I gave my uh, that uh, I received Jesus in my life. And he told me one thing. He said, "What's interesting is that I was told as a young boy that I was supposed to be a preacher." Mm. And he said, to see that one of my kids is doing what I was supposed to do blesses me. Mm. And so, of course, I forgave him and I tried to keep him around. Yeah. But I realized he was too dangerous. So I didn't want any ties coming back to me. So about five years ago, I decided. Cut it. And I believe for God from, from the far. But you asked if it goes away. It absolutely goes away. There's a. <laughs> you see, you, you asked. If anybody that's saved that's going through that, mm. yes. One of the biggest issues that we have as believers that is to have any issue, and let's keep on this topic, yes, is that we plead to God to take away the thing that we really don't want Him to take away. Mm. That's good <laughs> because we want Him to take it away because if He takes it away, we we know that we'll be liberated. But our soul is so entrapped and entangled by that mm. that you don't want to let it go because you don't want to know what it's like to live without that because you've been so used to living with it. So the biggest issue is releasing, receiving God and releasing yourself. Receiving God and releasing, releasing yourself. yourself. So what I mean by that is That's deep. when you have an issue like this one. Let's let's keep it. Let's say there's a young man that's going to be watching this. And he said, man, my father has been in and out of my life, mm -hmm. not just out of my life. Yeah. And you don't understand the void hurts because now I feel like I need to do certain things to fill that because mm -hmm. I was missing that. Yes. So whether whether the father or the mother is there periodically or they're not at all. This, the actual truth is what Jesus told the man. He said, my father's dying. Mm. And he said, leave your father, let the dead bury the, the dead, dead and follow me. Follow me. That man didn't end up following Jesus because he didn't know, he didn't want to know what it was like to leave his dad and live life without his dad. But he didn't realize that if he would have left his dad, he would have went on to life mm. and his dad would have went too. Mm but from the grave. Mm -hmm. So what happens is we have to learn <laughs> Come on now, to let there. the dead bury the dead in our lives and follow Jesus. When somebody does us wrong and it doesn't align with the word of God, it's dead works. Mm. So anything that's dead, that's deep. Anything that's dead, that's good. Doesn't deserve to come on to life. Mm. So anything that's dead, we leave it behind. But we have trouble leaving it behind because the minute we leave it behind, we're nervous how we're going to live life now. 
because you have they have learned to and I le- and in my own life I learned to live off of that pain mm. so then when the pain was stripped from me at first you have a that was painful you have a looking around <laughs> moment like somebody took a band-aid that was almost cemented onto your heart mm. and but what I quickly found out was and this is the part that I, if I can be honest yes please um Teaching somebody sound doctrine has all the wholeness to releasing somebody from there. Mm. For example, what I mean by that is God revealed to me his word in truth. Mm. And when I saw his word in truth and I didn't look at it from the lens of trying to flesh and spirit the thing, you know, have one foot in, one foot out. I looked at scripture And I was under a man of God that told me, this is what the scripture says. This is what you have to do. And he'll lead you if you believe it. And what happened to me was I trusted that whatever God says is so. One of the biggest issues that we run across is that our pain is louder than God's voice. Mm, Our pain is louder than God's voice. So so because some people have gone through fatherless, motherless, or anything that's a pain... What happens is that pain speaks so loud that you learn to hear that and not God. Mm-hmm. And then when you call on to God, you think you're hearing God, but you're hearing your pain respond to you still. That's deep. And so it's releasing, getting out of that flow is believing that the word of God can do what only the word of God can do. Full trust in the word of God. Because the Holy Spirit, we don't see him, but he's working. Yes. And... It's a process, you know. I um I I realize that um you know sometimes we want quick results yes. in our lives. We want to pray for something and then it happened tomorrow. Yeah. But in patience and in long suffering shall inherit the promise. So taking our time, you ask God for something, you believe for it. You don't have to ask Him twenty times for what you asked for. Ask Him for it. Believe. And know that he'll show up. And over time, it'll change. Mm. And we know that when we ask God for something, the opposite comes first. Because he wants to test if you really trust what he's about to do. That's powerful. So I think I think that's a, that's a long answer. But, uh, no, that was uh, good. Yeah. I really love the answer. Uh, very raw and authentic. Um, this is Pastor uh, Alexander Sanchez. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, your Instagram handle is at unveiled. Church. Church, yeah. Follow him on Instagram. Follow his ministry. The Lord Jesus is doing a powerful movement here in Florida at Unveiled Church on Instagram. Amen. Thank you very much. Please subscribe, like, and share the podcast. There is someone out there that you can share it to that will potentially share it to someone else that's probably have a single parent in their life or some sort of challenge right. and they've been praying about it and the answer is all in the sharing process so go ahead and share it and like it and